Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back to On The Mix. You know who I am at this point. I am your host, Lindsay, and today I am really honestly so excited to present you guys with this episode. Some of you probably know what this story is about. Some of you probably know, and some of you probably don't know. Um, This is one for everybody. I think it's really, really quite interesting how you can have a relatively unknown band really be propelled into the forefront of mainstream culture by just one person and forever they're immortalized. So this is really a great story, to be honest. You know, this even started initially because I was watching one of Steve-O's latest podcasts featuring his friend Brandon Novak. And if you don't know who Brandon Novak is, he was one of the friends of Bam Margera and the CKY crew, the Jackass crew. Um, He was actually a professional skateboarder at the time he was eight years old. That's a whole other story about him, but he was picked up by Bucky Lasik at eight years old to be a professional skateboarder and he fell into drugs. He was just talking on Steve-O's podcast because both are sober and they're clean from drugs and Brandon has just been really pushing and pushing and pushing, um, staying sober and he's been really a great advocate for trying to get people clean. And so, of course, you know, they were talking about BAM for, you know, a few minutes because... I think we all probably know the struggles that Bam has went through with drugs and alcohol um, in the last, what, probably 10 or so years Um, since Ryan Dunn's death. He's just been going off the rails and it's kind of sad to see. However, I think I really want to bring it back around to the good times that Bam has had in his career because he brought an unknown Band. No one had heard of this band in the U.S. No one knew of this band until he brought them to the U.S. And they had an agreement with each other that Bam would use their band symbol on his skateboards. He got their logo tattooed on him. He was promoting this logo everywhere. So Bam is connected to this band's logo And inadvertently, this band's logo has become bigger than itself. It's become even bigger than the band itself. So I just thought, you know, this is something nice for me because, you know, you know, it felt like very close to home that BAM and the CKY guys were so close to me. And I grew up watching like Viva La BAM and I grew up watching the CKY videos and I grew up watching Jackass. It's just something that's really, really special for me. And of course, like Tony Hawk and all of those people in the skateboarding community Um, it's just something that I'm very passionate about. I just really, really enjoy it. And I love Bam. And you know what? I want to bring it back to something more positive for him. And so here is the story of how an unknown Finnish gothic rock band came together with professional skateboarder Bam Margera and their logo became so majorly popular. So I just wanted to give a little bit of backstory to who the band Him is because some of you probably don't know who they are. So Him is also stylized as H-I-M and this is known as His Infernal Majesty. So Him is a Finnish gothic rock band from Helsinki and it was first formed in 1991 by vocalist Vil Vallo and I'm probably going to say these names incorrectly. I apologize. So at this time, they were just going by His Infernal Majesty. They weren't going as him just yet. So His Infernal Majesty played its first show on New Year's Eve in 1992. 
in Helsinki. The band broke up shortly thereafter, but then in 1995, His Infernal Majesty was reformed by Valo and guitarist Miko, and together they recorded a four-track demo. Valo originally intended to just remain as the bassist for the band, but because no one else was able to fill in for the role of singer, he took up the lead vocalist role out of necessity. His Infernal Majesty continued to record several more demos at this point in time, and then they were eventually signed to BMG, who were very impressed by the band's cover of Chris Isaac's Wicked Game. In October of 1996, the band, now going by him, released their first EP called 666 Ways to Love Prologue, and it debuted at number 16 in the Finnish singles chart, and it peaked at number 9 five weeks later. So now they are starting to record their first full-length debut album in 1997, and this is called Greatest Love Songs Volume 666. And this was released in Finland on the 3rd of November, 1997, and it went international a year later in 1998. The album charted in Finland and in Germany, peaking at number four in the charts. So this was very, very well received. The singles When Love and Death Embrace and Your Sweet 666 also cracked the top 10 in Finland. Greatest Love Songs Volume 666 received very positive reviews from critics, and it would eventually go platinum in Finland. So, Your Sweet 666 actually is, I think, still to this day one of their most popular, well-known songs because um, this song was played all the time on Viva La Bam, and Bam really enjoyed the song. Bam was just a big fanboy, um, but I'll get into that a little bit later. But so yeah, that song um, also cracked the top 10 in Finland. So in January 1999, him began demoing material for their next album. These sessions proved to be unsuccessful. However, the band decided to relocate to Rockfield, Wales with their producer John Fryer to finish up the album. And in November 1999, him released the single Join Me in Death which charted at number one in Finland and Germany, and this is another massive popular song of theirs that still remains to this day very popular. The single would eventually go platinum in Finland as well as gold in Germany and Austria. And him's second, and I think this is their most popular album of all time, Razorblade Romance, was released on the 24th of January 2000. It peaked at number one in Finland, Austria, and in Germany, and the album would eventually be certified double platinum in Finland, triple gold in Germany, as well as gold in Austria. This album is definitely, I think, again, their most popular. It's my favorite album of theirs. Um, it's just a classic album. Like, you can't really go wrong with it, to be fair. If you haven't listened to this album in full, I recommend you do. It's it's really, 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 really good. Um there's not a whole lot more I can say about it. I think it speaks for itself. So there were three more singles that were released with this album right here in my arms, which is one of my favorite song of theirs right there. Um, so right here in my arms is one single. Poison Girl is the second single and Gone With The Sin is the third single, all of which reached the top five on the Finnish singles chart. And the album was mostly well received by the critics but very well received by fans. And this is the album that Bam first heard of them from. So 
This is a massive, massive album. During the supporting tour for the album, him played its first shows in the United Kingdom. So now they're going international. And as the tour progressed, the band just kind of began to feel very exhausted. And they were actually also hit with several near fatal accidents. One where Valo nearly fell off of a balcony and ended up in the emergency room after a prank gone wrong. So there's just a whole lot of stuff going on at this time. And by the band's own account, him nearly broke up a multitude of times, though they eventually regrouped and they began rehearsing for their next album. And then this was in late 2000 when they finally began demoing material for their third album. The recording process for this album lasted approximately 11 months, which greatly, greatly affected the material by tenfold because this was to go number one. So their third album called Deep Shadows and Brilliant Highlights released on August the 24th, 2001. And this peaked at number one in Finland and Austria and at number two in Germany and Switzerland. The album would eventually go platinum in Finland and gold in Austria. The three singles that were released were Pretending, Enjoy and Sorrow, and Heartache Every Moment and Close to the Flame, all of which reached the top five in Finland. And in the same year, members of him actually formed a new band called Daniel Lionai as a means of kind of just relieving the stress because now they were not only becoming popular within those couple of countries around them, like Finland, Austria, Germany, Switzerland. But now they're starting to become popular in the UK. And now they're starting to somewhat seep into the US market. So they are just kind of overwhelmed by the pressures of fame and their demands. So they kind of created a little side project. And this was called Daniel Lionai. And eventually, they decided to release their debut album called The King of Rock and Roll just simply as a joke in the spring of 2001. Now, I have not heard this album in full. However, if you know the show Viva La Bam, you know the theme song for this is The King of Rock and Roll, which is the song on this album. And again, it's the name of the album. So him is just sprinkled all within Bam's life everywhere. So if you didn't know that before, the theme song for Viva La Bam is the king of rock and roll. So yeah, despite the negative reviews from like everybody, um, Bam saw this later on and he used it as the theme song for his show. But we'll get into Bam a little bit later. I just have slightly more information on him just to kind of tie it all in. On October the 7th, 2002, the band released the single collection, which is a set containing all of the group's singles, along with a previously unreleased single called It's All Tears. So now that they were on their supporting tour for their third album, the band was once again exhausted to the point of nearly breaking up. However, it kind of also drew them a lot closer together because even though they were on the verge of breaking up so many times, they persevered, no surrender, they pushed through. Um, and weirdly enough, I think Bam actually held them together because this is where now they're starting to branch out more into the U.S. market because there's a story where Bam uh, first hears of them, and I'll get into that in just a moment here, but when the band played their first few concerts in the United States, this was all organized by Bam himself. 
Like he really, truly and honestly made them popular in the U.S. market. It's because of BAM that him even made it as big in the U.S. as they did. And as fate would have it, their paths collided and now they were to come together and form a kind of friendship. Bam was to use their logo in all of his work and he still uses his logo. Like, you know, some people don't really think or even know actually that the Hardogram logo is actually a Bam logo. People just think that that was Bam's logo the whole time, but no, really, it's the band's logo. <laughs> It's the band's logo, but Bam just really loved it so much and he wanted to promote them a lot and he wanted to use it for his own work, um, promoting it on his skateboard decks and his merchandise and things like that. And so they're kind of one in the same. It's just really, really nice. So Bam not only worked with the band extensively with his projects, but also he directed a few of their own music videos too. There's a, there's a DVD special on him, which shows the behind the scenes of some of their singles and some of their music videos. And there's video footage, actually, of Bam editing the videos for the music videos that he was to direct on. And it's really, really interesting. Um, it's on YouTube if you want to check it out. But it's just really, really fascinating how Bam genuinely, like, he's a creative director. He's the director of the music videos. He edited those music videos. It's just really interesting. So I'll get into that in a, in a moment. But let's just really appreciate the whole friendship and the, the, the creative genius that Bam was that he just pulled this all together. Literally, without Bam, we would not have him as popular as they are in the U.S. Genuinely. So we have to thank him for what he did. So some of you probably maybe don't even know how the Hardogram logo came about or what it even means. And so this is just a little bit of information on what the Hardogram is. So of course, the Hardogram is a pentagram combined with a heart. I'm sure you've seen it everywhere. Even if you don't really know the story, if you can imagine a pentagram mixed with a heart, that's what it is. Um, so the heartogram is a trademarked symbol of him, and it was created by Valo on his 20th birthday. And Valo stated that the heartogram is meant to represent the juxtaposition of good and evil, light and dark, and love and death. And also, it's meant to represent the juxtaposition of the soft and the hard, the male and the female, the yin and the yang. So to him, the heartogram is really kind of like the yin and yang symbol of the band. That's kind of what they want to refer to, um, the light and the darkness. And musically, the heart is also meant to represent the softer side of the band, while the pentagram symbolizes the heavier influences in the band as well. Valo has later stated that the heartogram is probably the best thing I've ever come up with, and it's worth a lot more money, and it's actually bigger than our band itself. That's what he has to say about it which is true. The logo supersedes the band 100%, which is why I said like some people probably don't even know that the Heartogram is actually a band logo. Some people literally get tattoos of the Heartogram because they're a fan of Bam Margera, but they don't know that it's a band logo. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's funny how that came about. And so, of course, the Heartogram has made several appearances on TV, including the shows Charmed, LA Inc. with Kat Von D., Viva La Bam, which is Bam's own show, and on Criminal Minds. So that is just a bit of background on the band him. 
And now we're getting to the main man himself, Bam Margera. Oh, Bam. Okay, so Bam actually was born as Brandon Cole Margera. He was born on September the 28th, 1979 in Westchester, Pennsylvania to parents Phil and April Margera. He is also the younger brother of Jess Margera, who is the drummer for the band CKY. And he is the nephew of Vincent Margera, who is also known as Don Vito in the Viva La Bam show. So some of you are probably thinking, that's weird. His name is Brandon. How did he come up with the name Bam? Well, his grandfather actually named him Bam Bam at the age of three after noticing Bam's habit of purposefully running into walls. And over time, the nickname was just shortened to Bam. So there you go. So Bam attended Westchester East High School, and he cites that his friendship with Chris Rabb was his only reason for attending high school because he dropped out quickly thereafter. He just wasn't a fan of school. He hated school. His teachers always told him that his skateboarding would amount to nothing. Of course, as horrible as that sounds, like why would you tell a young student that that they would amount to nothing. But Bam was just always really into skateboarding. And so this really propelled him forward because he meets a young Brandon Novak, who again, Brandon was sponsored by Bucky Lasik. And the two of them got together and Brandon was Bucky's protege almost. So he was raising Brandon Novak up to be the next pro skater. And so he's from Baltimore, Maryland. And so one day they came down to Pennsylvania and that's how Bam and Brandon Novak ended up meeting each other and they went their separate ways. And then Bam eventually began to be sponsored by Toy Machine Skateboards. So that was his first ever sponsorship with a major skateboarding company. And so now at this point, he has his whole group of friends, right? And he loves skateboarding. So he just thought to himself, why don't we just start like shooting videos of ourselves and like filming these skateboarding videos and doing stunts? Because at the time, how you became aware of skateboarding and all these new up and coming artists was these tapes, these skateboarding compilation tapes that would be put out and sold. Um, so that's what they were kind of doing. They were creating these home videos in a way. And these eventually turned into what's known as the CKY video series. And he independently released CKY, CKY2K, CKY3, and CKY4. And so like I mentioned, CKY is a band that features his brother, Jess Margera. Um, they were a local Pennsylvania band, and it took them a really long time to get their foot in the door with their own music. Financially, it just wasn't happening for a long time. The lead singer's father actually was fronting the money for the band because they literally had no money to produce their stuff. And so their big break in their music was actually being featured on these CKY videos. Um, and CKY, if you don't know, is a tribute to the film Sleepaway Camp. And CKY means camp kill yourself. It's kind of a joke, obviously. Um, so that's what it means. Their big exposure came from these videos that Bam was doing with CKY. And I'm telling you, like, not only did Bam help raise up him, but he also raised up CKY to be really, really popular as well. So these early videos that they were to come out with featured a lot of Bam's friends, including Ryan Dunn, which we all know, Brandon D. Camillo, Rake Yan, Chris Rabb, and Brandon Novak, who would form a loose collective, again, known as the CKY Crew. 
And from 2001, Bam officially began his sponsorship with Element Skateboards. And so now he was like the main front person for Element, not only with their skateboards, but with their merchandise, their shoes, their shirts, their hats, like everything. Like he was the main skateboarder that was promoting Element. So Bam was really becoming this really, really, really popular pro skater and he was making his rounds in the skateboarding community and he was friends with Tony Hawk for a really long time and again he knew Bucky Lasik from the early days of knowing Brandon Novak and so not only was Bam up and coming in the element um, sponsorship you know like he was becoming really popular with that in the CKY videos were becoming quite niche, but they were becoming really, really popular in the skateboarding community on the East Coast, but also it just became a lot bigger than itself. What also propelled him forward was being featured as an animated character in a lot of Tony Hawk's video games. So of course, Tony Hawk has made the pro skater games, he's made the underground games, um, and Bam was featured on a lot of those games. And so it's kind of like if you make it in that game, like, you know, you made it big. Like, it's just kind of really interesting how that all came about. Like, that's how I first knew Bam was from those video games. Um, but yeah, so it's all just kind of coming together. Like, he's just over time steadily growing himself so much more each time. And he's really a master at his craft. And so following the success of these videos, Jeff Tremaine started getting wind of these videos and he noticed Bam and he said, listen, I am making this film called Jackass for MTV and I think that you guys would be the most obvious and perfect fit for this. Like, let's create this here. Let's create a film around your antics. I think it makes the most sense. I think it would gain a lot of traction on MTV. And so Bam and Ryan were kind of like the ringleaders for jackass while at the same time they brought on other people like they brought on johnny knoxville they brought on steve-o they brought on wee man they brought on all these other people um as well as again like a couple of guest appearances tony hawk was on there a few times if i'm remembering correctly some of the cky members were also in there um it was just a fun crazy wacky wild time so now jackass really is promoting bam so much more and he is just at the top of his game he could do no wrong he is just right up in there with his fame and because bam is such a popular face on this whole entire thing he was given his own series on mtv which is known as viva la bam and this ran for five seasons from 2003 to 2005 and Viva La Bam is basically a show that followed Bam and his friends as they performed various stunts and they went on all these interesting, weird, funny missions. It primarily was filmed in Westchester at his Castle Bam house, but they also went to New Orleans, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Brazil, Finland, Mexico, the Netherlands, and Transylvania, just to kind of name a few. So there you go with that. And also, it's very very well known that Bam would hold house parties at his castle house. Like he would open it up to the public. You could get in. There was a gate code. If you knew the gate code, you could come in. Literally anyone, anybody, it didn't matter who you were, you could come in and he would host concerts and him would play live concerts at his castle Bam house all the time. But there were so many times on the show that him would just literally play 
in their backyard at Bam's house in front of like so many people. It just, I don't know, it just became really, really bigger than itself. And so in 2005, Bam started his own music label called Filthy Note Records. And he also not only directed music videos for him, but he directed some for CKY and one for Clutch as well as a couple of other music videos for people here and there as well. So that's kind of the basic rundown of Bam and his history as well. Now let's talk about how the Hardogram and Bam became very synonymous with one in the same. So there's a story that Bam says in terms of how he first started to know about him. And the story goes, in May of 2000, Bam and Ryan Dunn flew to Finland for a skateboarding contest. So while on the airplane ride over, Bam noticed a lot of magazines on the plane and it featured the band Him. And Bam was like, huh, that's interesting. Who are these people? So they get off of the plane, right? They land in Finland. And when they arrive at their hotel, Bam turns on the TV to find a music program on TV. And it was counting down the top music videos of the time. And the number one music video was Him's Right Here in My Arms. And upon hearing the song, Bam immediately went out to pick up a copy of the album Razorblade Romance. And he said, as he was listening to the album, he realized that he loved each song exactly the same amount, which to him, he said that never, ever happens. Like he would probably like one or two songs on an album, but he loved the whole entire thing with his whole heart and soul. He believed in this band. He was obsessed with this band. He was obsessed with them so much to the point that his brother, Jess, at the time, who was on tour with CKY, when he eventually came home to Westchester, Jess noticed on his credit card bill that Bam went on to eBay and he bought all of this like off-market him merchandise and music. It was all bootlegged stuff. Like he was buying all of this stuff on eBay. It was really, really funny. Um, so Bam was just becoming such a big fanboy of this band. He was like, I have to know these people. I have to be integrated with them. Like, I need to know them. And so Bam would go on to promote him by putting their music in the CKY videos, etc., etc. It's just so funny how this all came about. And so eventually they would become great friends. It just became like one of the best, most interesting partnerships of all time. Um, and so the Hardogram logo has become a key factor in the band's success. And Valo noted how the symbol has become almost like a cult symbol for the skating community, which is true. Again, like I mentioned before, people would get the hardogram tattooed on them thinking that it was just BAM's logo when they didn't realize it was actually a band logo. So, and Valo considered that in particular, his greatest achievement that all these people were getting tattoos because of BAM, but yet they were also getting tattoos for the band. You know what I'm saying? It's just a really funny kind of ironic thing that happened. Um, and Valo has credited BAM and also Kat Von D as well because they were kind of one in the same. BAM had a strong friendship with Kat Von D, who at the time was one of the main tattoo artists on LA Inc., the TV show. And so she was also a big proponent of promoting the logo because she was tattooing everybody, of course. You know what I'm saying? Like, she has tattooed Bam numerous times. And so she's one of the people. But Bam in particular really was the one that pushed the band into the focal, 
like into the forefront of everyone's mind at this time. Regarding Bam's own involvement in Him's success, Vallow has stated this. It wasn't about secret handshakes between managers. He was just a random fella who came a-knocking on our door, and that's how the friendship started. So Bam originally used the Heartogram logo because of his admiration for the band, and rather than, of course, like issuing Bam a cease and desist order, as I think probably most bands would do, they'd be like, hey, you're using our own trademark logo without our permission. What are you doing? Sue you, lawsuit at your door. Um, instead of going that route, him was like, yeah, okay, let's do it. You know, the band realized that BAM was helping them gain an international audience. How could you ever possibly say no to that? I think that's one of the most obvious choices you could ever make. This band was only really well known in Finland and in the neighboring countries. I'm telling you, I think without BAM's strong influence and putting their logo at the forefront of everything that he has ever done, him would not be as big or would not be big at all in the U.S. It's just, it's mind-blowing to me. It's so crazy. Um, and so ever since they formed this friendship, they've been more than happy to let BAM use the heartogram on anything that BAM has ever wanted. Again, like, you can see this heartogram logo on BAM skateboard decks, on hats, on necklaces, on pendants, on shoes, t-shirts. Again, tattoos aplenty. Like, just absolutely everywhere. And this is another quote from Valo that I wanted to share as well. So he had to say this. We're the first band on earth more well known for its symbol than the actual music. And that's a great way to start. Bam's a friend will always be Bam's favorite band. A lot of people claim they do their music for themselves. Well, we claim that all of the albums we write, we do for Bam. The heartogram is not BAM's symbol. If people like us because of BAM, that's fantastic. If they like us for who we are, that's fantastic too. I don't really have a problem with that. So obviously there was an agreement that came about from BAM and Valo where they all agreed that BAM would use the logo on all of his branding stuff. And it's just, it, I don't know, I think it's just one of the most interesting stories of all time that a band's logo, an unknown band's logo, propelled them forward into the forefront of American culture, in skateboarding culture in particular, but also in the youth culture. It's just like, I, I have never heard of a story like this before, ever. This is the first time. I've known of this story for a long time, and I've always been so fascinated but I've never heard of a similar story like this, where a band became famous because one man, one person, believed in this band so much. And he said, hey, can we come together and collaborate? And can I use your logo to promote you? But I also love your logo as well, and I would love to use it as part of my own branding. Like, can we come together? It would benefit both of us. It's just, it's just really, really fascinating how music can have such a profound impact on one person. And that one person creates the domino effect that it has now, where him is so well-known and so popular in the U.S. because of BAM. I don't know. It's, it's a really interesting, fascinating story. And because BAM has been in such 
really bad spirits and in a really bad way for a couple of years, for a long time now. I think we have to remind ourselves of the BAM that used to be. Again, like I mentioned, BAM not only helped propel and push forward the stardom of him, but also with his brother's band, CKY. CKY would be probably a relatively unknown indie band from Westchester, Pennsylvania. If BAM had not used CKY and pushed them to make music and promote them to a higher level. I don't know. It's just it's just like so funny how the universe works like that. And also, it just goes to show that BAM has such a really interesting creative vision. And once he sets his mind to something, he can do it. And he's so creative and so talented, not only as a skateboarder, but as a person, as a creative person. And he's always been integrating music with his culture, with skateboarding, with who he is as a person. Like music is just one of those big things. He has created his own music, actually. I haven't um, talked about that, of course, but he's created his own music himself. He has his own band. Um, He makes his own music. It's just really funny how music, while it might seem very inconsequential to someone else, it can mean so much more to another person. And that just goes to show the absolute power that music has over each and every one of us. You know what I mean? Music can just hit you in such a really strong way. And when Bam heard him for the first time, he became so ingrained in everything that they were about and in who they were as people and the message that they were trying to promote with their music and their logo in itself that BAM saw the opportunity for the both of them that they would benefit from and they propelled it forward. And it's one of the most interesting friendships in not only the music community, but also in the skateboarding community, which are two communities that I love. Don't get me wrong. I have absolutely loved the skateboarding community since I was a little girl. However, I'm not an aficionado of skateboarding. You know, I have my favorite skateboarders, right? Bam has always been like my favorite skateboarder, but he's also been one of my favorite people of all time. And I felt like I needed to kind of share this story because again, like we have to remind ourselves of the good things that Bam has done and the good things that Bam is capable of. You know, he's a good person, you know, underneath all the stuff that he's going through. And I think this is just one of those really great, interesting, kind of inspiring stories. I don't know. It's just a really great story. And so that is how I wanted to kick off 2022. And I think I did it really, really well. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope that what I had to say kind of came together um, and you guys are totally on board with what I'm saying. It's just my own. um, It's just my own kind of thinking. But I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic day. And I will see you guys next week with a brand new episode of On The Mix. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, guys.